Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vidi Wiley. This week, Fiji's new netball coach has big plans. And a new film explores the world of talent scouts trying to exploit Pacific Island athletes. But first, the start of the Rio Olympics is just hours away. The first sport in action is women's football with Sweden up against South Africa in the first game. And defending gold medalists, the United States also taking on Oceania champions New Zealand on Thursday. The Fiji men's footballers are the first Pacific athletes in action facing Korea the following day. Cook Island's kayaker Bryden Nicholas makes his debut in the men's K1 canoe slalom race on Monday morning and says he's had an ideal build-up. We actually came over to Rio about six weeks ago now uh, for a two-week camp and um, got stuck into the course and got familiar with where we're going to be racing and you know surroundings. And then we went home for two weeks and then um, backed up you know, our final... Uh, preparations and that, and then um, came over and moved straight into the village um, a week ago. So we came in pretty early to the village and so it was pretty barren and a lot of people around. Um, but it's been exciting to see everyone sort of slowly dribble in and turn up. Um, and now it's you know it's pretty full and there's uh, the atmosphere starting to build um, leading up to what's going to be you know the fifth of August opening ceremony and then I'm um, soon after that on the seventh racing. When you say coming over to Rio early, we, is that Cook Island's team? Is that you and your fellow uh, um, can- canoe slalom? Slalom, yeah, so me and my sister and uh, my coach, uh, Jimmy, came over early. So we came over for that camp two weeks ago and then went back to New Zealand and came back again now. And uh, and who funded that? It was sort of self-funded and um, also through the Cook, the Cook Islands we had, we had some funding. Okay, that must have been hugely beneficial just to, as you say, get that first sort of look ahead of time at, at what you're going to be dealing with. I think it would have been quite difficult having, you know, coming out now because obviously you're, you're sort of buttoning down on the training a little bit leading up to the race and being trying to kind of fit in learning the course as well as actually trying to back off and slow things up for the race. So doing that two weeks was, I think, definitely needed. And, uh, and what did you make of what you saw compared to what you train on typically? Well, you know, we looked at videos and footage of previous races had the test event out here last year and then some YouTube videos and kind of got a gauge for what the water would be like. So it actually compares to the new course in South Auckland, the uh, Widow Whitewater course. So that was good. So while we were home, we actually tried to get some sessions on there as much as we could to kind of be paddling on familiar water. Okay, and of course, as you say, you are the first uh, Cook Islands athlete up competing. Uh and, and your sister, no doubt, Ella, will be not far after you. I mean, it must be very special. She was in London four years ago to be able to have your first Olympic Games experience and be able to experience it alongside your sister as well. No doubt you guys train a lot together and uh, to be able to have this phenomenal uh, experience uh, with you know a sister and with a family must be uh, quite special. Yeah, for sure. And no, I'm super proud of Ella and what she's achieved. And 
you know, she sort of coached me into what the Olympics was going to be like a little bit after, you know, her experiences from London and trying to build on those for, for this game. Pretty, you know, privileged to be first off and to be representing the Cook Islands. So definitely excited about um, race coming up on the 7th and hopefully can just put out a good performance and see, uh, see how I go in making the semi-final. Semis, is that what you're targeting? That's your aim? Yeah, ideally I'd, I'd be pretty happy if I'd made the semi-final and, and, you know, if I came away having made that, I'd be... I'd be pretty satisfied with my performance here. And what would that equate to in terms of placings? So that would be top 15. And uh, and what's your best international result in the past? The thing is the Olympics is slightly different because we have there's a small field. There's only 22 boats. Is it a normal World Champs or World Cup? There might be upwards of 100. It's a lot smaller field, but it's kind of you only have the top person from each country competing of the countries that actually qualify. So it's a smaller field, but still very hard conditions with you know the top competitors racing. Where do you expect the, uh, the the main medal contenders to come from? You know the French are usually pretty strong, uh, the Germans, the, the British, so those you know European and you know Central European countries uh, which tend to dominate in kayaking but certainly there's a few guys that could push them. It's good to see out, you know the Kiwi uh, paddler Mike Dawson get in there and you know he could if he paddled well he'd certainly be in medal contention so uh, we wish them all the best as well. Bryden, with yourself and Ella in Rio, uh, have the family come over or will they be over there to watch us? Yeah, it's actually um, pretty exciting. We've got uh, Dad here as our, as our team manager. Uh, so he's in the village with us. Mum's here as part of sort of team um, management as well. So most Mum and Dad are in the village. So it's pretty exciting to have them here and be able to share the experience with them. And how is the village environment? There's obviously been a, a lot of talk about uh, how finished some of the ven- uh, how finished some of the accommodation is. You mentioned you guys got in there quite early. Um, you know, I guess whilst contractors were still scrambling to finish a lot of the stuff, uh, how, how have you found things? You know, it was just sort of finishing touches weren't weren't done yet. The majority of the building was finished, and um, as long as I've got a bed and um, a toilet and a shower, then I'm pretty happy. So no, it's been good, really. Like they've tried to come in and get things sorted while you're while you're out, and you know the majority of it's working pretty well, and uh, all the facilities are great with the gym and the food hall and the transport. Um, it's all worked on pretty smoothly so far. And uh, who's the uh, most famous athlete you've seen walking around the village so far? Actually, Nadal was at breakfast this morning, so probably probably him. Did he have a bit of a bit of a line of uh, people wanting to have a photo? Did he? Oh, he kept it pretty low key. Got in and out of there pretty quick with his with his cap down. So I think he didn't want to be <laughs> approached by too many people. And just the Cook Islands. So um, you know, how's the sort of that team environment uh, going? And I know that all the Pacific nations typically, you know, mix and mingle as well and and have a close relationship at the games. How's how are those relationships? No, yeah, it's great um, to meet them all. We've got nine uh, athletes, which is the biggest uh, Cook Island team that we've ever had, uh, mixed across sailing, swimming, um, athletics. Uh, weightlifting and obviously up the kayaking. Some of us have met before and the others it's for the first time, but we're all getting along really well. As, as you said, Pacific Islanders tend to do. It's quite good having a smaller team. We're all sort of in three apartments that are right next to each other, so we hang out in the common kind of room and play cards and just chat, so it's good. That's the Cook Islands kayaker and Rio Olympian, Bryden Nicholas. The Fiji women's sevens rugby coach says his team are flying under the radar but have the ability to make Olympic history in Rio. The men's team have attracted a lot of attention and are top seeds and gold medal favourites in Brazil. 
but it's the Fijiana who will have first shot at winning Fiji's maiden Olympic medal. The teams have been together in camp in Chile after spending a couple of weeks in Fiji. Their Olympic campaign begins at the weekend. Coach Chris Cracknell told Koro Vakauta his team is capable of achieving something big. For the girls, I think it's they've been sort of gradually growing all year. I mean, we got them full-time contracts just a little after Christmas. Um, when I first took over, they were basically staying in a two-bed flat in the middle of Suva, and you had the whole squad in there, and it was pretty unhealthy and un, uh, unhygienic, really, for, for a professional squad. Uh, it definitely wasn't a high-performance environment, let's put it that way. And um, uh, from there, they've now got full-time contracts. So to be honest with you, the girls um, have come on such a sort of speedy journey uh, and the publicity around them at, at home as well has grown, but I still think a lot of them are sort of bit bit caught in the caught in the lights of it all. They're sort of, I think, pinching themselves and and, and finding it hard to believe that they're now professionally full time. Uh, they're paid to do the sport that they love. They're going to the Olympics. You know, all these sort of uh, bits and pieces that are going on around around them is sort of gone a little bit over their heads. Uh, and the great thing about them is that they really are just focusing on the rugby um, and all those things don't seem to be bothering or affecting them. It's just sort of, I suppose, taken them all a little bit by surprise and gone over their heads a little bit. The expectations and pressure on the men, as you've mentioned, are, are well known. But has it sunk in that the Fijiana could actually be, given the schedule, could be the first medalists, uh, Olympic medalists for Fiji if, if things pan out right? Since before the draw went out, because we worked it out um, before then, knowing that we were in Group A, um, it's, it's it's been I suppose it's been in my, it's been in my mind for a couple of months now, really. Um, so that 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 pressure I don't think has been put on the girls because I don't think people at home have really twigged it. Um, it's I think it's still a lot of the pressure is on the boys. Um, but you're right, you know the girls could definitely be the first team to to win a medal, and that's the whole reason why we're going there. And I fully believe that this group of girls have the ability to do that. Um, you know, it, it'll be fantastic, and I'm sure it'll be pandemonium at home in the in the girls' pig I'm a medal, and uh, I'm sure that uh, the same will be even more even more uh, ecstatic, ecstasy at home when uh, when the boys uh, hopefully pick a medal up as well. That's the Fiji women's sevens coach Chris Cracknell. The former Australian Diamonds captain Vicky Wilson has been appointed Fiji netball coach through to the 2019 World Cup. She replaces New Zealander Kate Carpenter, who quit as Pearls coach in December after 15 months in charge. Wilson most recently spent three years as an assistant coach of the Silver Ferns and says she's excited about her new role. There's been a lot of discussion going on and, and I saw Fiji netball advertised looking for a coach. So I've been chatting to Kitty for quite some time now. What type of person she was looking for in a coach in the, the areas that she wanted the coach to be able to look after. The next thing you know, I'm here. And I'm actually absolutely thrilled that I've been given this opportunity to work with uh, Fiji Netball and the Pearls and, and the Under-21 program. Going into this, did you know much about the setup in Fiji? No, I, I don't know too much about the setup, but I'm learning very, very quickly. So every day that I'm here, or every morning, every time I meet someone, I've always got lots of questions and asking what happens here and why do we do this? And that's been really great. I've enjoyed meeting with the Sports Commission and I'll be working with their development officers to upskill them so that they can go out around Fiji and, and work with the villages and upskill people in the villages to make sure that uh, every kid in the village is not only playing rugby, but is also playing netball. And uh, with terrific skills that the young kids have, I think that's 
just lays a, a great foundation for Fiji Netball's future. I think we've got um, some big plans and I'm looking forward to putting them in place and, as I said, just building the depth of players and just making people aware of what Fijian players can do. In terms of the Pearls players, I know Maria Latua was uh, over in uh, playing in the Super League in England recently and uh, a few of the Pearls players have played in the league up in Singapore. How do you try and get those players to take that next step? Because we've seen what's happening with the ANZ Championship, you know, splitting back effectively into Australia and New Zealand. You know, how do you create opportunities for good players in the islands to get noticed by one of those teams? Do, do you think the changes in the Trans-Tasman comp could potentially open up a spot there, or is there a way to develop players that are based in Fiji and, and make them better that way and competitive? Oh, I think there's opportunities with New Zealand with their elite competition with six teams and Australia having six teams. So there's uh, 12 teams out looking for players, and uh, you know, that's one of the discussions that we're having, just promoting the girls to those teams. And and I think if they can get an opportunity to run any of those franchises, it would be fantastic, as it is in England. And just for them to be exposed to that constant training environment, that daily training environment, is really, really important and valuable. So... I'll be seeking opportunities and working with the girls to try and um, help them help them find find those teams. You know, a couple of years ago, Fiji got up to seventh in the world rankings, very dominant in that Pacific region, winning the series basically every year. But how do you take that next step? You know, as I just said, it's that daily training environment, but also that competitive edge. So being able to have games against those franchises. And, um, you know, maybe in a pre-season competition, stepping out or maybe being training partners. So, you know, a lot of planning has to be put in place. So we're looking at all of those ideas at the moment. Vicky, it's been obviously you've been an assistant with the Silver Ferns most recently. Um, are you looking forward to, I guess, uh, being in charge again and, and being able to mould a team in, uh, in your style and your beliefs and your, you know, vision for Nepal? Yeah, I've always enjoyed the role of being a head coach and a lot of responsibility. My time at the Silver Ferns was absolutely fabulous and I wouldn't change anything for a moment. Actually, I might just change the result of the final of the World Cup. But to work with Fiji Netball on their development programs and their 21s is very exciting and it's something that I really relish. What is uh, on the agenda for you, the 21s and the Pearls? Uh, what's the sort of schedule like for the remainder of the season and going forward? Well, we've got Oceania qualifiers at the end of September, so that's our focus at the moment. We've just named 24 players in a squad, and we've got the schools championships next week and then national championships the following weekend. And then two weeks after that, the girls will come back together and we'll be looking at reducing that squad down to 15. So uh, it's it's going to be uh, tough tough to be able to select those players. It was great to have a look at them, but we'll be watching and monitoring their progress very carefully over, over the next month before the next cut of players. Just for the 21s to qualify for the World Youth Cup in Botswana in July next year. So it's a top two team. And the Pearls, is there any opportunity for test matches this year? So this year, that's what we're looking at. I'm a little bit concerned that other countries may have done all, all their planning. So uh, we're just trying to negotiate with some countries at the moment. So once we get all that planning done, we'll be right. And your contract, how long is that for? 
up to the next World Cup in Liverpool. So we've got the Commonwealth Games and got Liverpool in 2019. So it's going to be very, very hectic from next year, that's for sure, and particularly with having the 21s as well. That's the new Fiji netball coach, Vicky Wilson. A new movie screening at the New Zealand International Film Festival explores the world of unscrupulous talent scouts who have exploited Pacific Island athletes trying to enter the professional sporting arena. The director of Mercenary, Sasha Wolf, spoke to reporter Dominic Godfrey. Suwane is a young Walesian man living in New Caledonia. When a talent scout spots him playing rugby for a local club, Suwane defies his father's wishes and accepts a contract to play in France. The director of the movie Mercenary, Sasha Wolf, says Suwane's character is based on that of a man called Paki, Laurent Paki Vatau. He was the key of this movie. If he wasn't there, I couldn't do this movie. Through his story and the story of many other Pacific Islanders uh, players in France, I met a lot of uh, Fijian guys, New Zealand uh, guy, and uh, Samoan people, and a lot of rugby players coming from the, the Pacific Islands. I met an old world in itself, and it became an inspiration for my script. Because in so many ways, Suwane is any man from the Pacific, from any Pacific island, who is following a dream to play professionally in, in France. Yeah, exactly. I discovered that there was a lot of common experience they had all together. And when you met them in small uh, teams in France, they are always together because they share something that I think Europeans and uh, French people don't really understand. Most of the time they told me, you know, we are not at home here, even though we are French, because nobody knows where we come from. And we are not home when we go back there, because they think we are French. Well, that was, I think, the whole problem I had to work with on this movie. And that was a very, very interesting uh, subject. I also found it very curious in that you juxtaposed l'étranger, them being outsiders in France, but also in New Caledonia, Walesians are also strangers. Yeah, exactly. They, they came in the 60s to work for the nickel mine uh, because they needed a lot of people to work there. And there is not so much work in, in Wallis, so they, they went uh, to New Caledonia to work. They are strangers there. They don't really have a place to be. So, yeah, I mean, strangers is, I think, the main subject of the old thing I try to do with movies, even if it's documentaries or a feature movie like uh, Mercenaire. Mercenary is currently playing at the New Zealand International Film Festival, having first shown at Cannes earlier this year. The movie's dialogue is entirely in Wallisian and French with English subtitles. All the Pacific Island characters are played by non-actors, including the man Paki, who inspired the story of Suwanye. He plays Abraham, the unscrupulous and malevolent sports agent. And that's Dominic Godfrey ending that report. And that is the World in Sport for this week from RNZ International. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.